Guys, you gotta stop flushing toilets or whatever you're doing. <laughs> okay. That's going in. One, two, three, four, two, two, three, four. Hey everybody, welcome back to That Was The Worst Podcast Ever, a Sufjan Stevens podcast. My name is Justin Bills. I'm here with my friend Jordan Clausen, who is a singer-songwriter, touring musician, working on a new album. Am I allowed to drop that news? Yeah, you can. Is it out there? Yeah, well, I, I've posted some photos on the social meds. Oh, I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. And guess what, everyone? We're not effing around. This is the Age of Odds episode. <laughs> I thought of that in the shower this morning. <laughs> nice. This is a big episode, George. But yeah, I also wanted to clarify something. Um, my parents actually have been listening to the podcast, and I mean, they they like Sufyan, and but. Uh, I mean, not probably not like me, but I, I know there's a couple records that they they like, and um, they didn't know that the the title of our podcast is based on a Stephen Stevens song. They were just thought we were being kind of self deprecating and being like, "This podcast sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Come and listen." <laughs> um, so I just want to clarify out there that the title of the podcast that was the worst podcast ever is a reference to a Stephen Stevens song, which is. That was the worst Christmas ever. Yeah. 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 So it's both self-deprecating, but also a nod to our favorite Sufjan Stevens Christmas song. Yeah. And that's why our album art is his Christmas album art. Yeah. Yeah. But if we had to explain that to you, are you even a Sufjan Stevens fan? I agree. Yeah. Uh, how did your mom do with all the talk we do about her? <laughs> Um, I don't know if she she had noticed it, but I think she wouldn't mind. Um, she'd probably just be embarrassed about some of the like even nineties evangelical tropes that she fed into when I yeah. was a kid. Should we clarify that she's like very cool now? She is. <laughs> no, your mom's cool. Yeah, and uh, she's an artist, and she makes really great paintings and ceramics and stuff. She's mm-hmm. very cool. Your she dad is. is cool too. They both posted like the Botox filter to their Facebook a couple <laughs> days ago, which is very cool. Yeah, my grandma actually wrote on my dad's thing. What is this for real? She thought that my dad actually went and got Botox. I think that's so. I love. I love that your only comment on the post was. Grandma, this is just a joke. Or you were like, Grandma. Yeah, because like, what does she think of the, my? What does she think about my dad? I kind of was like, you. Must, yeah, you should like, know. Sorry, go ahead, George. Oh, I was just gonna say like, she thinks that my dad would do that, and so that kind of made me feel uncomfortable. I like when my family is like, you know, everybody. I feel like everybody's in harmony. So, do you think your grandma was like? I knew they were going down a slippery path. Yeah, and yeah now I look actually do. That is what I exactly. Your why dad just I, got plastic surgery. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why I commented. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have let my. Is that your mom's mom or your dad's mom? My mom's mom. 
Oh, she's like, I knew I shouldn't have let Liana listen to secular music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um. So I I jump on the Zoom this morning to start the podcast, and first of all, I gotta say this happens a lot. <laughs> Justin's <laughs> sitting there, and he doesn't know that I've logged on. And I just why why is that Jordan? I scare the shit out of him. (laughs) He's just staring blankly. Why am I sitting here waiting on a Zoom call? You want to tell the public? Because I'm always late. Yeah, and so I have the Zoom window open, and then I'm looking at Twitter. I'm on other windows, and then you're just like Justin, and I'm like, (laughs) to be fair, I said we were going to meet at 10:15, and I logged in at 10:16. And to be fair, I accidentally logged on at 9, thinking that was when the call was. Yeah. And I hurt my face today. Yeah, so that's the second thing I was going to say, is that I log on, and Justin is just terrified. <laughs> just, I, You know what's funny? I could probably just sit there for like an hour watching you surf the web. <laughs> and then I... What is on... What is that big brown blotch all over justin's face he has a giant he's got like a boxer's band-aid above his eyebrow and i think you should tell the story about how you got that well honestly i was like do i need stitches but i have to record this podcast oh wow (laughs) um i was i was working out in my basement yes i work out okay um and uh i was doing an incline bench press on these uh adjustable dumbbells and i loaded it up with so much weight another brag it had so much weights on there yeah that the little holders at the end were barely hanging on and as i went full extension the holder slipped off and straight up slapped me on my forehead i was bleeding everywhere yeah i was there's drops of blood all over my uh my uh where am i in my basement here yeah what was your reaction? Were you mad? Do you swear when when that happens? Or were you just kind of like, do you I almost cry? I wish everyone could see it. I literally just kind of was just resigned. Like I was just kind of like, hmm. <laughs> like almost just like a numbness of like, interesting. Hmm. And I was like, am I going to the hospital? Hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. Actually, I, that's that what I imagine what you're like in a fight too. When you're mad, you're probably like, just kind of quiet and like blank face there's a few moments in my life where i actually do explode oh yeah but it's only happened a handful of times and i really don't like it huh who do who who have you exploded beware huh who have you exploded at i don't want to talk about it on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) i'll tell you off air okay <laughs> I, I hate it when podcasts do that. Honestly, I'm like, oh, well, I want to know. Say it on air. But now I realize, no, I don't want to say it on air. Yeah, like you feel like there's still kind of a threshold of kind of intimacy. Some things you don't want to give away. Yeah, yeah. And that's new for me. I tend to overshare. Yeah, I, I'm. It, I can be an oversharer too. And uh, are there things on the podcast that you go, oh man, I wish that wasn't in there. Um, we talked about the probably the most infamous one. Infamous one is when we talk about doing caca doo doo outside outside of our homes. <laughs> yeah, I guess I know that I'm, one did. That one I'm fine with being out there. But when my theology prof says he's listening, I go, 
I hope you don't hear that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I guess I don't know. I don't think there's anything that I'm super embarrassed about. No, I don't think there is. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like we mentioned on the last episode, you're more afraid of like very scary existential things. Yeah. You don't have time to worry about what people think about you. Yeah, I guess that's true. And I, I think that also as I've gotten older, I, I care less. But sometimes not always in a good way. Like it's this kind of cultural trope people say like, just do you and who cares who's watching kind of things. Like, no, it's healthy to care about what people think actually. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes I feel like it's I'm in a bad place when I'm kind of like, literally do not give a single shit about <laughs> what anyone thinks. That's yeah. bad. Yeah, I know. I think what it is, is here's my psychological theory, is you want to land 50% on the meter. Yeah. Right at 50. You want to care slightly, but not so much that it, it stresses you out. Just right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. But I think some people are at zero and some people are at 100. And so you got to kind of move them along the scale. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I sometimes do feel at zero. Like um, like recently I went to the grocery store and I was wearing like my mom got me some Ugg slippers. <laughs> I was wearing... <laughs> cool. <laughs> I was wearing my UGG slippers, sweatpants, and like, I'm pretty sure I wasn't, I was wearing no t-shirt with it, just a jacket. Oh, wait, wait, (laughs) stop for a second, George. I can't. You're wearing UGG slippers, like those things that go up to your calves? No, they're like, I can't really explain it, but they're like really furry just around the the top. Because I was picturing like UGG slippers that like... Britney Spears wore like 10 years ago. No, the, but they are actually Uggs. I think they're like rip-off Uggs that she got. My parents travel a lot, and I think she got them somewhere overseas. And, uh, anyway, uh-huh. but they're like really furry, like furry around the top. Like the type of thing that was like, a man should not be wearing these. Or I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, whatever you want, depending on your style or who you are. But I mean, just for me, they feel felt not like they lacked any any masculinity at all. And then the other thing I want to clarify is you're wearing sweatpants or what's going on? Yeah, I was wearing sweatpants. And, and no shirt? Yeah, just a jacket. And a jacket. That is... <laughs> well, it's like a big jacket. No one could tell I wasn't wearing a shirt, but like I knew that underneath. Gosh, you're like Howard Hughes going out for <laughs> going to the grocery store. That's like so funny. Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? So you went to the grocery store like that? Yeah. I, again, that's when I'm like, this is bad and i was standing in line like this is i i'm a shell of a man well you know i'm experiencing this right now too i think i i kind of am stop i don't really care about being cool i'm through being cool who said that was that uh saves the day i think that was a saves the day record Mm. i'm through being cool Mm -hmm. i almost sent you a picture of this but Yesterday I took the no 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 it was Saturday I took the girls for a bike ride, and um, I have Claire hooked up to the back of my bike on a pink bike that kind of tethers behind mine, mm-hmm. and oh no I had Kate sorry this doesn't really matter but um, I 
threw on the new clips that I got for sunglasses. Remember, I, sh- I did send you a pic of that. Yeah. I ordered new glasses online, and for $10, I could clip sunglasses onto them. Yeah. And they are the dumbest looking things. I look so dumb. Yeah. I look, it's not cool. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. And we were going to, uh, there's like a sushi restaurant really close to our house, and we were going to eat sushi outside. So I filled a fanny pack full of water bottles so I didn't have to pay for water. (laughs) So I'm wearing my clip-on things, and I have a fanny pack full of water bottles. And I know what you're thinking. Fanny packs, oh, that's a hipster thing. No, it's not. This is practical. I don't care about any trends. It's just practical. And I'm riding my bike with a Schwinn bicycle helmet, my clip-on sunglasses, and a fanny pack (laughs) with a pink bike on the back. And I just go, I don't care anymore. (laughs) I don't care. Yeah. I look so lame. I think that's when you know you've hit peak dad status is when you're, when what you're wearing is merely functional. There's no, there's no thought to the aesthetic value at all. (laughs) Yeah. And what do you think about the idea of like, we also don't care what our wives think anymore? Yeah. Unless Olivia is into the shirtless Ugg sweatpants look. She finds it very sexy. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say this. There is something kind of sexy about it. <laughs> <laughs> huh. um, it's like, it's a little bit bad boy-esque. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like that, like, L.A. hungover, like... You That's know. what it is. Yeah. Like waking up at 11, like, I gotta go get breakfast. Yeah, it's like bright and sunny, and you've just got your shades on, smoking a big Marlboro in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. Um, yeah, well, here's the thing, is that actually, no, if anything, in our marriage, Olivia is more the one. She calls them her comfy cozies. Like, we have, like, this ongoing joke that, like, she, if she is home... And she has nothing left to do. If it is like 4 p.m., she is in her pajamas. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. She loves being cozy. She loves being comfy. So that's not me. I like to feel like I look decent all at all times. <laughs> um, so not all. Sometimes I'm just kind of like, do you know what is funny? It's just more for myself now than anything. It's more just kind of like, I just like to know that I look presentable. But... At the same time, I'm like, if I'm just like, yeah, my sweatpants and Uggs, I'll run to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Courtney is also comfy, cozy at any moment she gets. And I don't get it. I'll wear jeans. I'll wear jeans. I'll sleep in jeans. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I take naps in jeans. I, When I get home from church, I'll nap in a full button-up jeans. I'm out. And Courtney will be like, I can't believe you do that. A full button up, like you'll have all the buttons done all the way up? Yes, right up to my neck. Oh, wow. (laughs) No, I may unbutton that button. Yeah. I'm not crazy. (laughs) 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 So anyway, how are you besides um, living that dad life and um, smashing your face with dumbbells? Yeah, I'm okay. You know, I'm getting, yeah, I don't want to get into it. You know, the pandemic fatigue or whatever Mm -hmm. i don't want to talk about it though but i i will say that i think i'm doing better the weather here in calgary is warming up a little bit so we can go outside which is nice Mm -hmm. and i do um, see that you have snow in your forecast though next week do we yeah oh you know what i was thinking jor 
we got to do i i need to come go to vancouver you need to come here and we need to do like a podcast where we're in the same room yeah if the dynamics is this good and we're we're across provinces imagine when when we're in the same room dynamite dynamite it's explosions it's going to be crazy yeah. oh, the chemistry is just off the charts yeah oh actually i want to tell you this so you know how i had the piece of the dumbbell like gash my face open too yeah yeah <laughs> this time last year the gyms closed and i bought resistance bands and i was just doing that in my basement mm-hmm. and there was this one-on-one workout where i had to stand on it and like pull them up mm-hmm. and they slipped from under my feet <laughs> so i basically just did this <laughs> huge rubber slingshot like into my nuts <laughs> oh was there was there something in the band or the, just the band itself came and smashed you in the nuts? It was like, imagine a huge taut rubber band that you're lifting up over your head and then you step off of it just to launch it into your nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I did that last year and I was just wearing boxer shorts and Annabelle could hear me screaming in the basement and I could hear her coming down and she's going, dad, are you okay? And I just went, Annabelle! Leave me alone. I was like, leave me. Don't come down here. Don't, don't. And then I just, I literally laid on the ground for like, I don't know, five minutes. And I was just like, oh, and I, I almost thought, am I going to the hospital? So oh, I'm wow. having bad luck working out Did alone. you check everything to make sure there was no internal bleeding in, this, in the sack? Yeah. The truth is, I think it was a little dramatic because after 10, 15 minutes, I was good to go. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So just pandemic woes. You know, I'm working out alone in my basement. I'm injuring myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I've slang shot myself in the swimsuit area. Mm-hmm. I gashed my face. But anyway, all that to say, I'm doing all right. How are you, Jor? Um, I'm okay. Um, yeah. Things have kind of slowed down a little bit. I remember saying in the last episode or two, I wish I had some time off, and I have had some time. It's not been time off, but I've been working on a record, as you said. So I set aside two weeks to just focus on it because I need to get it done. Um, yeah, I have a grant, so and the grants have deadlines and stuff. So Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I need to get the record done, and so I, I took some time off. And... Uh, so that's been good. Um, like you, the weather's been really nice here. Uh, we have Vancouver is, you know, just right across the pond from Japan. So we got a lot of the, that cherry blossom life here. Yeah. What's going on? I saw photos. What's going on with that? In Vancouver, you get cherry blossoms like that? Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like, it's kind of like in, like you see in Japan. Like, wow. actually, technically, I've heard they're not actually cherry blossoms they're plum they're called plum blossoms but they look like cherry blossoms just white flowers on all the trees it's very beautiful i what about your album cover maybe being in front of one of those beauties (laughs) (laughs) you know what's funny is that it's like people i think yeah like you like you are as someone who has no kind of like cultural life you've never been to vancouver And uh, so people are surprised when they hear that Vancouver has cherry blossoms. But here it's a bit of a joke. Like, it's kind of like, come on. Like, we don't need another picture of you in front of the cherry blossom tree. So it's almost like 
spot the tourists yeah. if you're from local. Yeah. You know what, Jor? People from Vancouver seem just so up on themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I like the blue-collar grittiness of Calgary. Yeah. Totally. Eyelids freezing shut for 10 months of the year. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then we got a stampede. We're all like, everybody dresses like cowboys for a little bit. That was weird. I just remember moving up here and being like, why is everyone dressed like a cowboy? And they're okay with that? Yeah. And I was like, they don't feel weird? Everybody just dressed like a cowboy in July. If you're not from Calgary, there's this big thing called stampede, and I don't know what it is. It's just a carnival. I don't know why people get all crazy about it. The Calgary stampede, it's like a, it's like a huge yeah, festival that happens at one, in the summer. Calgary acts like it's it's one of a kind. It's 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 your run of a mill carnival. <laughs> huh? Yeah, I was gonna ask you. What are your thoughts? Because to me, I remember also, um, my my scene was like kind of like the more like artsy hipster scene, and but yes. so everyone was everybody hated the stampede. Yes, it's um, cool to boycott the stampede. Yeah, and I mean to be fair, there are a lot of douchey bros getting drunk. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a, a country bar called the North Northern Star. What is it called? Yeah, I don't remember. Something like that. And that's where all the bros go. I have one memory of you and I at Stampede. And I think Courtney and I bought a bunch of Sham Wows. And we also bought a cleaner that like s- sprayed hot steam on everything. And I was just walking around Stampede with like this steamer and Sham Wows. And I... Th- and I, and you were there. But my other memory is oh, also yeah. like all the cool indie people would sit on a river bridge and watch the fireworks. And I remember you were there for that. You remember that? Yeah, that's that's cool. That's a cool memory, though. What's you think that was pretentious? No, I think that's cool. You're like I think a real person cool. should have just stood in the parking lot with everybody else. <laughs> no, I think I had like I had to ditch my sham wows and. We had to leave the, the stampede grounds and sit with all the cool indie people on a picture of this, everyone. It's it's night. It's dark. There's a river. You're sitting on almost like an old country river bridge watching the fireworks from the Calgary Stampede. You got Jordans there. There's other cool looking people there. There's a girl <laughs> with dreadlocks there for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> I just want to say this ShamWows thing. I don't distinctly remember that, but you. So most, most like kind of most young people when they get married, they're kind of like, I want to still be cool, and they will. They're like, I'm married, but I'm still like hanging on to like relevance. You and Courtney were just the most domesticated couple. Yes, instantly, it was immediate. Yeah, you were like. like it- Got you got your Costco membership first day. Yeah, and at Stampede, everybody's like, we're gonna sit on the cool bridge. Courtney and I were in the big four building, which is basically live infomercials for for like an acre. <laughs> and that's all we wanted to do. Yeah, find new appliances and stuff. Yeah. But no purchase I've made at Stampede has been worth it. It's always an it always leaves me like awake at night just being like, I spent $75 on ShamWows and they are barely better than like a dish towel. Oh, that's what it is. It's like a like a dishwashing rag or something. Jordan, if you don't know what a ShamWow is, I don't want to explain <laughs> it to you. 
<laughs> okay. I I really don't. Um, Olivia and I recently bought a dishwasher, though. I, I do actually feel like I like the domestic life now. I, I was really anxious about becoming kind of a domesticated husband kind of guy, but that dishwasher, it saved my life. It is so good. Are we talking like a countertop dishwasher? Well, so I don't know if you know this, but Vancouver is a very expensive place to live. So, uh, Is the, it, Jordan? <laughs> the places we live are very small. And so we want we needed to find like a small dishwasher, like not a full size, like a kind of a half size one. Yeah. And so we did. And oh, man, I never want to wash another dish by hand again. I can't believe you were hand washing for so long. That's crazy. I hand washed a lot. I think we got that dishwasher last year, so I hand washed till I'm like I was 35. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hey, you know what I read recently is Sufjan moved out of the city. Yeah, quite a few years ago now. Did you already know this? Yeah, there was this. I think there was like an SNL sketch or something. There was a sketch about it, a comedy sketch. An about SNL it. sketch? Yeah, no, there was yes. about Sufjan moving out of New York. Yeah, there was a thing. It was like this kind of like you know cool artsy couple, and they're kind of like, um, well, we actually live in Yonkers now, but it's a, it's okay. Sufjan did it too. You know, they <laughs> they like moved out of the city proper and moved to the suburbs, but everybody's justifying because it because Sufjan did it. I think it makes sense for Sufjan. He was. He's a city dweller in New York for so long, but he's, he's, I was just thinking for decades, you could see Sufjan around Brooklyn. Like, I'm sure it's just like, oh yeah, that's Sufjan. He gets coffee. Like, Mm -hmm. that's crazy. He's Mm -hmm. too famous to do that. He needed to move out to the country. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. I think also New York's probably a different thing. Like for me, I'd be more, I'd be content to like move to like, a more neighborhoody part of Vancouver, you know, like uh-huh. where I maybe have to drive a little bit farther to like get to the action, but like, you know, like five or 10 minutes instead of just walking. Um, but you can't do that in New York. Like yeah. it, it's such a massive, intense city that you kind of do have to move to like a, a whole different area. I think you guys need to do a Sufjan. You need to, you need to go suburbs or Sufjan's in the country, I think. Oh, really? I don't know. I don't... He named it. I don't know what it is. Yeah, Flushing or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jory, is there anything else or should we get into it? Um, is there anything else? Well, one of the things that I wanted to talk about... Um, do you ever just start a sentence and just hope that you'll fa- find something? As, of course I do. Yeah. That's what I do in my theology class. I'll raise my hand and then I'll just be like, I'm going. And sometimes I'll, the last theology class, I was like, I don't even really know what I'm saying. I hope somebody thinks part of this made sense. And then I just stopped talking. It's humiliating. Oh, yeah. And you know what else? Everybody does hate that. Like yeah, I, I know. I, I talk too much in the class. The person who's like it. always like don't raising like their hands like, I just want everybody to know how smart I am. Okay, should we get into Age of Odds? Let's jump to Age of Odds. When we get back, we're going to talk about Sufjan Stevens 2020... Or what? Um, what? (laughs) We're going to talk about Sufjan Stevens 2010 amazing album Age of Odds. I think what you were going to say was Sufjan Stevens 2020 vision record from 2010. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, welcome back uh, to That Was The Worst Podcast Ever, a podcast where two guys, Justin and Jordan, are not Effing. found. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Age of Odds. This is a, a Sufjan record released in 2010 um, that has 2020 vision. It's... <laughs> um, I love it. I... I love it more than I think I knew I loved it. Um, yeah. I have some critiques, but in general, I think uh, it actually was really moving this this week to spend some time with it again. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. Before, before we get into our thoughts, I want us to rewind to 2010. I don't know why it's so hard for me to say that. But 2010, Jordan, do you remember when this came out? And your first impression of it? Um, yeah. So I actually think that it was with Nathan Mose. Um, my memory could be wrong, but I remember Nathan Mose telling me about it and telling me about Royal Robertson and the whole story about that and looking up Royal Robertson's work. Um, you know what's funny is like I think deep down inside I am like kind of a true Mennonite and I don't really like change. Like mm-hmm. I think that I'm kind of averse to it and I my instant reaction was kind of like, oh, why is he doing this different thing? Like and I, I think that all the lighted people part of me was kind of like, this is just a one off. Like he's he's gonna go back to banjos and and you know, geographical storytelling. Yeah. But he didn't. And so I think my initial reaction was a little bit disappointed to be honest but then i heard i walked yeah which i think is just such an awesome song yeah um one of my fave sufian songs and that started to win me over a bit and uh yeah i mean i get the i mean well we i can get into that later how about you what was your initial reaction what was your story around this well it's in- interesting because so 2010 courtney and i were married in 2009 so i am in the throes of a new marriage. I am just figuring this out. And Melodrama, to be honest, life crazy is Crazy sex, left, right, and center. I can't confirm or deny that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I Anything I say right now, I'll get in trouble, so I'm not going to say anything. Um, but life is good. We're, we don't have kids. I'm just working. To be honest, I'm kind of... I'm working at the Apple store. Yeah. Um, Oh, no, no. I'm not working at the Apple store. I'm just working part-time at a church. Life is fun. This Age of Odds, I pre-order from Asthmatic Kitty. Mm. Like, I am excited, Jor. Mm -hmm. This is is a big deal. This is his first kind of big release since Illinois. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because the Avalanche was B-Sides. We got the BQE. We, and then we got the EP, but this is like the full release, so I'm really excited. It's actually the last CD I've ever bought. This is this is the last CD you ever bought in the last decade. That's the, this is the last CD I've ever bought. I have not bought a CD since. How are you so sure about that? How do you know that? Because I it's the only CD I have, dude. I don't have any other CDs. What about all those times I ran into you in A and B Sound? What are you talking about, A and B Sound? <laughs> I'm just kidding. and so i get it and i go wow this is interesting the royal robertson i always want to call it uh oral roberts is that the christian university oh yeah maybe yeah 
yeah anyway um so yeah and i pop it in and we got futile devices mm-hmm And I go, interesting. Okay. That's yeah, right. yeah. And then all of a sudden it goes, boom, 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 and I'm going, it's, and Sufjan sounds different. Yeah. He's different. Yeah, I, this I, is I, a different record. I think I have the same thing. I put on Futile Devices. I'm like, yes, uh, please, honey. Uh huh, honey. And then, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what I don't know is there's a whole backstory here. Mm-hmm. Sufjan, in an interview he gave in 2006-ish, so po- post-Illinois, at about the time of the avalanche, he just worked on the avalanche a lot, and he said, I'm really sick of my voice, and I'm really sick of banjos and trumpets. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. And so Sufjan got sick of his, his style. Yeah, and I think he also said that he got sick of narrative storytelling, and he wanted to do something that was more existential, just straight, kind of from the heart. You know, it wasn't examining the outside world; it was kind of just expressing an inside world. And he felt like folk music was better for storytelling, mm-hmm. and he wanted to do something else. But I didn't know that, Sufjan. You didn't tell me that. Yeah. I pop in the CD. I go, what's happening? And again, similar to All Delighted People, he's straining his voice. There's, It's very unique in Age of Odds how he kind of does, oh, never know. You know what I'm saying? Joe? Yeah. That was, no, that was a good impression. Thanks. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, in 2010, I had a little bit of the Phantom Menace syndrome where I was like, it's good. It's great. I like it, but the little deep down inside of me goes, I don't think I like it. And you're kind of disappointed that you don't like it. What's that? And you're like a little bit disappointed that you don't like it, maybe? I really wanted to like it. I was a little disappointed. Now, here's what's so interesting is I've noticed a lot of Sufjan fans are young people, like very young. Um, Like Gen Z? A lot of Sufjan fans, Age of Odds was like their introduction to Sufjan. Huh. And they, for them, without the expectations of all his other work, when you jump into Sufjan with Age of Odds, and it stands on its own, I think it it allows you to appreciate it more because you don't have any of those expectations on it. Oh, go ahead, Jory. Oh, sorry. I also just wanted to say, I I think that another thing um, that I read and uh, was that Sufjan said that the BQE, which was uh, like a symphonic, it was basically like a, um, we, we, you should listen to the, if you don't know about it, you can listen to the podcast about it that we've done earlier, but it was a, basically a score for like a visual project about the Brooklyn Queens Expressway. Um, it was an instrumental, yeah, like some symphonic composition. And he said that it really kind of messed him up actually, because he suddenly was thinking in a new way about music and about, um, the art, uh, like musical arcs and, um, just kind of less inclined maybe to storytelling, um, more about kind of, uh, yeah, symphony. And so um, 
that was another thing that really affected um, Age of Odds. And I think that's also why you you have like Impossible Soul, which is like a 15 minute song. It's 25 minutes. 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a third of the record. And so somebody wrote in um, to give us some thoughts on Age of Odds. And it's really interesting uh, what they said. But they said, Futile Devices is still like his folk song. Yeah. And then at the very end of Impossible Soul, the last sound of the record, it goes back to folk sounds. Yeah. So Sufjan is basically transitioning you into this world and then transitioning you out. And it's almost, I think Sufjan's almost saying, like, I'm not staying here. Like, this is a season for me. So, but another thing that this person wrote in to say is that a lot of people see it as Sufjan's electronic record, which is funny because one of the first things Sufjan ever does is make an electronic record. Yeah. So it's not that surprising. Yeah. But he said it's more a symphonic record. It actually, that's, this is Jor where I think doing an episode on the BQE was really smart because the BQE is, is the setup for Age of Odds. Right. More so than, I mean, you could say Age of Odds is kind of the BQE and Enjoy Your Rabbit put together in right. a sense. Yeah. And yeah, uh, that there's also a lot of it. This person also mentioned that there's a lot of Age of Odds that is um, not electronic, that it's it's not really an electronic record, that there is a lot of, I guess you kind of already said that. But yeah, um, it's, Oh, and that also the BQE had a whole song length electronic section. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. So, it, but it's interesting that Sufjan really did, had no desire to do another banjo, yeah. another folk album. And I think really did not want to do another research estate thing. Yeah. So... He instead we get Age of Odds, which for me when I was hanging on to Sufjan, I love, I loved all of his records. I loved his sound. It was a little hard for me to go, what's happening here? And it took years, I think, for me to appreciate what Sufjan is doing with Age of yeah. Odds. Um, one thing that really stood out to me that I don't think I got the first time I heard it was that is that it's it's really a record about. Um, cognitive dissonance and um, not being well and um, um, having tension in your life. You know, it's not yeah. it's not a record meant to bring you peace or like fe- make you feel kind of like you know like it's not something you put on while you're making coffee in the morning. It's uh, it's a record that I think really um, effectively communicates. Um, pain and suffering and yeah and not not in a like melodramatic way but in a real like oh uh, i don't know like makes me actually i was listening to it again this morning and that the lyric um that we've joked about a few times i'm not fucking around like when he sings that i really it's kind of jarring like you really believe him it's like yeah this is really bad things are really bad for me right now Um, Yeah. Yeah. That song is powerful in the sense that he says, I want to be well, I want to be well. And then he says, I'm not effing around. Yeah. I'm going to say effing, but you can say (laughs) this. 
Say the whole word. Um, <laughs> just to be like stupid church boys for a second. When you saw the explicit label on this album, were you like, "What?" Um, I think no. I don't think that I was. I think that at that point I was kind of like, "Yeah, this is good." And I, I, especially after I listened to it, I was like, "This is, this is a well placed f bomb." And it goes to show where we were in 2010 because it didn't shock me. I was ready. Like, but if this would have dropped in 2005, oh man, that would (laughs) have really shaken me up. Yeah, yeah. But in 2010, you know, Pedro the Lion kind of primed the pump for me because he dropped an F-bomb already. Right. And in my mind, he was another like good Christian boy. Um so I, I was ready, but it was really interesting to see that song with the explicit kind of label on it and that he says it over and over and over and over. And it re- I think it is Sufjan appealing to everyone saying, I'm not the same guy you listened to five years ago. Like, I've been through some stuff. Yeah, well, that was what I wondered. And I think if there was anything that it felt put me off about it, I was like, are you, tr- are you purposefully trying to alienate your giant Chris... Christian demographic of fans, but I don't think he was. <laughs> did I really you think that? I did wonder at the time, but I also didn't really care. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't think he was doing that. I think that this is a really good way to say what he was saying. Like he, yeah. he was, he was like really, really sick. If you read yeah. about it, like he had a, 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 a an mysterious nerve disorder or infection that that viral infection yeah that like caused him chronic pain for like a year and he had to go through all these tests and and they didn't know what it was and i have a question for you jor Mm -hmm. i'm hearing all this right and i immediately i go did he have (laughs) covid19 in 2010 (laughs) well i'm only joking about that because were you the person or did you have friends that in January of 2020 were like, I probably had COVID because I was sick like in January. Like it was probably COVID. Like were you that person or do you know people like that? Yeah, I was that person. And I still yeah, do Yeah, and think- it wasn't COVID, Jordan Clausen. Really? How do you in know? In January of 2020, you did not have COVID. How do you know that? I, I read- Because it wasn't here the yet. See, I read that they actually thought a lot of epidemiologists think that it was here way earlier than we thought it was. Especially somewhere like Vancouver that has crazy um, travel between uh, East Asia. Jordan, I 
Everybody with a cold in January was like, "This is probably COVID." No, I'm, it wasn't that. It's stolen valor, Jor. It's stolen valor. Olivia it's went not to the, okay to Olivia claim you have to COVID the, in January. Olivia went to the emergency in de- December because her, her her cold was so bad and she couldn't breathe. And she sat in there for like seven hours, and they had to like keep her overnight. Here I was doing a big expose on these people, and you are one of those people. I mean, it was really, it was really bad. Actually, the sick we got—it okay. wasn't just well, like a cold. Okay, but Let also, me... I don't, I, I am like ninety percent sure that it wasn't COVID. I, I am not a conspiratorially minded person, but we did wonder, like, especially when we read that they were like, "Yeah, we do wonder if it's been here for longer than we thought," um, and we just started testing for it in March. We wondered if we did have it in December, but I probably didn't. All I'll say about that is I'm glad she's okay, and I'll just drop it, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So the other thing going on in Sufjan's life that's really interesting, and this is another thing that somebody wrote in to say, is so you got to think about 2005 is Illinois. 2010 is Age of Odds. Five years have transpired, and the music is so different. Like, Sufjan has been through a lot. But one thing somebody wrote in to say is he he uh, recorded and worked on the Welcome Wagons album in between, um, like, like before Age of Odds comes out. And in essence, you could actually treat that Welcome Wagon record, Welcome to the Welcome Wagon, you get Sufjan's folk sound out of that album. will rise, healing in his wings. And it's a great record. It's true. Maybe that's what kind of tired him out, though. Maybe he was just, like, so over that. And, you know, I get that, too. It, it's a weird thing. I, I wonder if it's kind of a, a pattern of reality that is useful, is that the artist gets tired of what everybody expects of them, but everybody expects it of them, and then people get disappointed. But if they don't change, then everybody gets bored. So there's this tension of like, I don't know. I think Sufyan can tow that line pretty, pretty hard. He he really takes risks. I think like as far as genre, but yeah, I guess I'm just saying like it is kind of a bit of a catch twenty two. You're where you're or a tension that you're all that an artist I think is always kind of dealing with. It's like I am bored and I want to try new things, but I also don't want to alienate everybody. Yeah. It's honestly, this is like not being a successful musician is hard and being a successful musician is hard. Yeah, totally. You know what? Yeah, it's actually funny. Um, I won't name names, but I have some friends who in the city here who are assigned to a big old major label and somebody at the major label was kind of like, oh, you got to do like (laughs) It's a a long story, but basically they had made this song a long time ago that was like a rap song, but it was like, they hated it. They thought it was like such a joke. Like, why did we ever try try to do this? But somebody at the label was like, you should do this, this rap song. You should make this your thing. Like all your songs like this. And they were like, oh man, you know, there's this, there's all this money. And, you know, they were talking about like, what if we did? What if we just did this thing that we kind of hated and they talked to another friend who was pretty successful and this friend was like oh but can you imagine how terrible it would be if you were successful like he yeah. he wasn't even just like what if it flops he was like what if it succeeds then you're stuck doing this thing you hate 
forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and two, I think there's examples out there of people going, okay, this was a hit. I'm just going to try and redo it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really embarrassing as an artist. It's like Sir Mix-a-Lot does Baby Got Back. He's like, all right, people like that. I'm going to make Put Him on the Glass. Well, guess what, Sir Mix-a-Lot? <laughs> Put Him on the Glass sucks. <laughs> Everybody hates that because you were just trying to get it again. <laughs> That's what I mean. Or like uh, another example is you two did um, like a elevation, like that really like dumb rock song. Mm-hmm. And they're like, let's do it again. And they did get on your boots. It's so dumb. Yeah. So it. As much as we were dis- disappointed, I think that Sufjan, it didn't sound like Illinois. It totally wasn't what we expected. It would have been much worse if he was pandering to us and just huh. kind of, well, if this is what you want, here's another, here's another heartless kind of Illinois. And I think that would have been worse. I'm grateful that he, he did this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I, I guess what... I think that he's more willing to kind of like, so what I would say to that is like, I agree, but I do think that you also have to kind of like take the listener on a bit of a journey. Like, yeah, here is what you expect of me. And now here's the way I'm going. And you kind of transition them into it, um, which is kind of what you were saying, like what I think he was trying to do with that futile devices, but it's still pretty drastic, even with that. Yeah, Futile Devices still is different, but it's not a full electronic symphonic song. It's more, it has guitar. And there's not much guitar in this record. So yeah. he is, I think he's trying to transition us into his new But like sound. one song, it's, it's like, okay, you just gave us like years. Like Illinois was like 22 songs. It's like yeah. of this very distinct thing. And also it's like, Okay, here's a three-minute folk song. Now we're going electronic. <laughs> like it's completely, it's a completely different transition. That's not to say like I respect that about Sufjan. I really do. But I, I do. Yeah. I just think that that's when when some people are put off by him. I think that's why. It's just because I think he's so willing to take those risks. He's t- so willing to like pull the listener into a completely different world without yeah. any kind of like, you know, he, do- he doesn't spoon feed you anything. And we should also mention the soundscape is inspired by Royal Robertson's art. Like mm-hmm. it, it, the sound of of Age of Odds sounds like that guy's art. Yeah, that's true. And that's the other thing about Sufjan is he's living in Brooklyn. He's got a friend in Brooklyn who is buying Royal Robertson's art and is is making a documentary about him. And Sufjan. Uh, is making the music for the documentary and ends up really getting fascinated by Royal Robertson and his art and the themes. And it influences his sound, which is really interesting that this artist... And I don't think he was a very well-known artist. I think it's hard to talk about Royal Robertson without Sufjan being the next breath. It's almost like Sufjan made people aware of this guy, and I apologize if that's wrong. Um, But he... He's a folk artist um, in Louisiana, I believe. Yeah. And he was already, he died in 1997 of a heart attack. But his his wife had left him. And then he kind of made all these apocalyptic 
uh, drawings and art with marker and different mediums, but it all centered around like how the destruction of the world was around whores and like women yeah. that cheat. Like he was obviously like very upset about this divorce mm-hmm. and was taking it out on his wife. So most of his art is about like no whores and stuff. Right. But I also read that, well, first of all, he was schizophrenic. Yeah. And she, she hadn't cheated on him. And yes. she didn't actually leave him. Well, she did leave him in a sense, but he kind of drove her out. Yeah. Um. So it's a really sad story. And she kind of always loved him. Like she was like, after he died, like selling his, he, she was like his biggest advocate. Yeah, and they had 11 kids together. 12, yeah. 12. Yeah. And they lived in like a tiny little house. Yeah. And I am intrigued to go, you know, what about Royal Robertson really sucked Sufjan in? Like, I wonder what what drew Sufjan into Royal Robertson's work. Yeah, I I do think it's that sense of like, you know, uh, well, I listened to, he does this kind of long explanation um, did you you haven't seen him live ever, right? No. Um, well, there's a clip. I, I remember this because I saw him on the Age of Odds tour at the Orpheum in what? Vancouver. Wow. Yeah. And um, he took like 15 minutes to just talk about the album and just talk about where he was coming from. And uh, oh, what was I going to say? Uh, Royal Robertson. Yeah, it was interesting because the way he talks about it was this that kind of like on the one hand, you have this guy who has this vivid imagination that's really inspiring and comes up with, you know, is so transparent and just lays it out all out on the table. And it's kind of childish almost like in a, in a good way, like just kind of how um, vivid his, his imagination is. But then on the other hand, Sufjan talks about how like he also saw how there was like a lo- it ended up become, like consuming him. And it, it, this is almost like a really dark story in the end because he drove everyone who loved him away. And in some ways, he like Sufian says that he doesn't think that Royal ever got over his wife; that he actually always loved her, and so that's yeah. why he was just always obsessing over her, and everything became fixated on her. Anyway, I, I do wonder if there is. I wonder if Sufian felt a little bit like identified with that and being an an artist and maybe struggling with some you know, some mental tension, some mental illness stuff maybe. Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, Yeah. And uh, how does that work its way out onto the page or out into the speakers? And uh, I think that's such a good point that Sufjan sees himself in Royal Robertson, especially at this phase of his life where there's, where he, he is in a dark place. He's not doing well. He's sick. He's ill. Um, and it kind of begs the question, like, as artists, the tortured artist is like, or the Royal Robertson, interestingly enough, his story somewhat reminds me of Daniel Johnston's, where Daniel Johnston was also schizophrenic and also had folk art that I think looks similar to Royal Robertson. But it's like these brilliant artists that ultimately they're, they're, their torturedness completely unravels their brilliance, but also knowing that their torturedness is their brilliance. Mm-hmm. So it's that balance of like the tortured artist and how to actually be the tortured artist without falling apart. Yes. Totally. And I wonder if Sufjan was kind of dealing with that at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of sad, but with Wesley Willis, these brilliant is artist. artists that, that, 
mental health essentially just kind of has the last word and brings them down, you know? Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just saying um, Wesley Willis is another artist like that. Oh, yeah, Wesley Willis. Is that the rock and roll McDonald's? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. And what's interesting, do you listen to Daniel Johnston at all? Um, I've listened to a few a few things. I, I know that you're a fan. I've seen you post about it before. Yeah, it's... There's something about Daniel, and I, I watched a documentary, it's called The Devil versus Daniel Johnson, I think, um, is the documentary, but just, we fantasize tortured artists, and we think it's incredible, and we think that Daniel Johnston being a schizophrenic, but he's brilliant, and he, he writes amazing songs, and it's romanticized, and in the documentary, a friend was just like, it was an absolute nightmare to be there for. Like, there's nothing romantic about Daniel disappearing and not knowing where he went and not knowing if he's okay. And I think we really fantasize the tortured artist Mm -hmm. to the point where artists almost feel like they have to be one. Yeah, it is strange. Yeah. It's also funny that, like, there's this trope a little bit that you have to be in a bad spot to make good art or something. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I do. I, that is totally not true. I think that the tortured artist is more of just an observance of a pattern that historically is accurate. I do think people who use their imaginations a lot, yeah, um, just end up going down a lot of dark roads. Like if if you have a if you have an I don't know. It's almost this weird thing. I think especially as an adult, like if you have. A, an active imagination that's going to bring a lot of beauty and hopefully you can translate it into some, you know, art medium, but it's also going to bring a lot of, uh, darkness. Yeah. 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 And w- one thing I think about Sufjan though, is that he uses the medium of songwriting and music, I think as a way of processing mm. and as a way of healing. Yeah. I don't, as this this you could say i mean carrie and lowell has its own its own brand of sadness this one is sadness more of like sufjan's own internal and i i think i'd call this sufjan's kind of darkest record and i know that's hard Mm. to say because carrie and lowell is coming up no i think you're right i think you're right yeah there's something darker about like kind of about cognitive dissonance than there is about grief because yeah. grief at least sits somewhere. It has like a resolution or even a, p- a potential resolution. But yeah. cognitive dissonance is just, you don't even know where you're standing. You know, it's it's kind of confusion, which is just the worst. It is the worst. And, and you get that sense from this record. And it's interesting because John Ringhofer in our interview, um, what he said about Sufjan is like, he's not a sad guy. He's not a guy that mopes around. He's very funny he has a sense of he's a very caring guy yeah i think sufjan needs music to almost process the pain he's going through in order to heal from it Hmm. so in that sense i appreciate that sufjan we're not seeing the kurt cobain we're not seeing the royal robertson we're not seeing sufjan completely get lost in the depths of something we're seeing somebody in pain but he's he's using music i think to crawl back out yeah. And yeah. yeah. Is that okay to say? Yeah. I, I think he's said that before too, you know, like jumping a little bit ahead to Carrie and Lowell. Like 
I remember reading an interview where he said, you know, this isn't an art project for me. This is my life, basically. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if that, I mean, I don't know. Age of Odds to me still feels like a bit more art projecty, but yeah. Um, I think you're right. Like I think it is kind of therapy for him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he does it through fixating on Royal Robertson or through educating us on an artist as well. Um, George, do you want to listen to some of Age of Odds? Yeah. Well, why don't we talk about um, our hi- some highlights and lowlights? Okay. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead, George? Um, yeah. So, uh, like I mentioned, I think I Walked is just a real banger as well as too much. Or, well, yeah, we'll start with I Walked. Um, I think I Walked is just a real banger. It's uh, really pretty in a Sufiani way, but still brings together the kind of weird sampley um, vibe of the rest of the record. Yes. And I have a technical question. Mm-hmm. When you make electronic music, where does where is the sound? Who who's making those sounds? <laughs> like where do you get the sounds from? So, man, I, that's a good question because it's such a rapidly developing technology that I don't even know how to answer that in 2010. I know that now there's an infinite wealth of places to find samples. Um, there's actually like kind of like a few different programs or a few different websites that are like the Netflix of samples where you can go and you just have a subscription and you can just download copyright free samples. And there's they have oh, wow. like millions kind of thing. Um, wow. Um, you can buy software packages, but I don't know. I, I'm guessing that Sufjan probably, yeah, had a big, I don't know, uh, has some different drum machines. I wonder drum how many- machines and synthesizers and stuff. Well, what's great is, to me, I Walked has such a beautiful melody that I walked, you Like, yeah, so I agree, George. This, for me, like when I return to this record, it's songs like I Walked. I actually have learned to appreciate all of them, but I just go, man, this is still Sufjan. He's still an incredible songwriter, and the melodies are awesome. Mm-hmm. It just took some time for me to get used to this change in style. Yeah. Um, uh, any other highlights for you, Jor? Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, Too Much is also, that was a single. Everybody knows that one, and I love that song too. Um, yeah, let's listen to a little bit of it. Too much. Now, do you remember Sufjan got on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon? Uh-huh. And he performed too much. Do you yeah, remember yeah. watching that? Yeah. What did you think of that performance? Because I remember Sufjan Stevens to me was kind of like... People knew about him, but it was pretty niche, you know. And so it was surprising to hear, oh, he's going to be on The Tonight Show. And Age of Odds debuted... Uh, number seven on the billboard charts so it's like he's not just some unknown folk indie guy like people are really noticing him at this point and he performs on the tonight show and it's that neon gaffer tape kind of thing yeah uh, what did you think about that uh i don't remember i i remember thinking you know sufyan is kind of a what I don't know what, I hate the word awkward, but he's kind of an awkward guy. And yeah. he's doing this kind of, you know, like robot dance thing. And 
it's really awkward, but in a way, I think it's supposed to be awkward. I don't know. I think he's kind of like, I think he, his style is very playful. And yeah. so, I don't know. I thought it, it was kind of goofy and fun. I don't know. I think he hates those types of performances. Because uh, the reason I say that is he hated performing on the Oscars. Oh, he did. He hated it. How do you he know that? He said it was like he did not want to be in a room where people are just congratulating each other and handing out trophies. And he just said it was like it was a horrible experience. Huh. Where did you read so, that? Oh, I read it in an interview. Yeah, just yesterday, actually. Oh, you should send that to me. I've never read that one. Yeah. So I, you can almost picture that I don't think The Tonight Show really is Sufjan's, like, favorite thing and i think he was choreographing moves and dances to kind of compensate for the fact that this is not his scene like he doesn't love it yeah but i remember almost feeling the out of placeness that he was feeling when i watched it yeah i was like i don't know if sufan really feels comfortable yeah you know yeah but too much was the single and it is it's a it's almost a pop song don't you think it is yeah it's not it's an inaccessible pop song in a way yeah, it's also in seven eight, which is very cool. You know, oh, you know what that wait, means, explain right? Explain that to us. Okay, so um, the wh- most of the music you hear in the world is in four four, right? So that means it's it's moving in four bars of four, four quarter notes per bar. Yeah. So one two three four, one two three four, and then the second most popular is three four. That's three quarter three quarter notes per bar or six um six eight which is that's your one two three one two yeah one two two, or one two three four five six one two two, three that's usually how people feel it um like um i'm standing in the bridge i'm laying in the dark i thought that you'd be here by now that's in six Um, that wow what a great song to just pull from the memory banks yeah, it's because it's Olivia, one of Olivia's favorite songs. Um, and then, so, but once in a while, so those are, that's, that is 99.9% of what you hear. Hold um, on just a sec. You know what I love about that song? The, uh, yeah, he, yeah, uh, yeah, he, yeah, 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 that's a great part. Sorry, go um, ahead. And that's Olivia's karaoke song, by the way, always. <laughs> um, yeah, and so you go. Every once in a while, a musician or, or a songwriter will subvert that, and they'll do something different. So, and the, the most popular ways to do do that are to do it either in five four, or seven in seven eight. So yeah. um, this one's in seven eight. So it's going um, one two three four five six seven one two three four five six seven one. Two. If I was a different man, one two. So another popular song that does that is Money by Pink Floyd. Dun, okay. Da, da, dun, two, four, six, seven, one, two, three, four. Yeah. Well, I noticed we talked about Lamelda on the last episode, but that song Wonder where she goes, get it all you got, she said. Yeah. I cannot drum along to it and I cannot figure out the time signature. It's, it's in seven. Is it? Yeah. And I'm a church drummer. I cannot drum to these songs. Like it, it breaks my brain. Yeah, that's yeah. It it is it is a weird thing to do. Like uh, 
Yeah, I I have a friend, actually a close friend's band, and I produce some of their stuff. So they're called the Tourist Company. They that's like their one of their things as they do. They have like a song in eleven, or like really weird time signatures. Um, just sorry as an aside. Also, Sufjan lo- loves to do this, and he does it on a lot of other stuff. Um, he uses five a lot in in Illinois. So it's like. Mm. Um, uh, Dun 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 dun. Oh yeah, that's one two dun one two three four five one two three four five six one two. So technically, I guess it would be an eleven. Anyway, just that's just some little bit of tidbit of information for you. I love it. And if you want more of this, watch the YouTube video on the Radiohead song "Videotape." There's a whole like 20 minute video about the time signature of that song. I love this kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Thanks, George. Yeah. And you write like when I was drumming for you, you were even getting a little inventive with time signatures and it was freaking me out. And I knew I could, I wasn't lasting there. (laughs) (laughs) I have done a couple of songs in seven, but I wish I want to do it more. It's, it's not an easy thing to do because you want, you want it to feel natural still. You want it to feel like yeah. it flows, you know? Like, too much is a great example of a song. People don't even know it's in a weird time signature. Maybe they'll, they're they right. kind of like, something's weird, but they don't know what it is, but it feels right. But it's not easy to do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it is, like, too much isn't my favorite song on the record, but it is it is kind of a cool single, so to say, mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. here's kind of a, a poppy sound to Age of Odds that I like. Yeah. Um. Sorry for my last highlight. Um, I think that uh, uh, Now That I'm Older is a really pretty song and really gets me in the feels. Yeah. Let's listen. Let's listen. Let's listen. Let's listen to it. Ew, now it's ASMR <laughs> podcast. Let's listen to this. Would you like me to rap that person for you? <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I'm talking this is the song I think where you realize Sufjan is singing he got sick of his own voice and he's found like a new way to sing it's different now I think I wasn't older yet I wasn't wise I guess it's just really mournful and uh like i like songs that kind of look back on the past and kind of reflect on what you've learned i don't think i look at it as the lyrics aren't influenced by royal robertson i think the sound is i think the lyrics are him yeah 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 any other highlights joy uh vesuvius is another great song uh yeah, Vesuvius is one of my favorites as well. Yeah. So I'll jump in on this one. I really like Vesuvius. And you know what's interesting is it's sampled by Mac Miller in a song called Donald Trump. Have you ever heard that? Uh, no, I haven't. So it's interesting. Like Sufjan, the... Ding, ding. He's actually... so. He's writing really interesting electronic music. And now, Jor, I want to play you Mac Miller's version that he sampled because it's really interesting. Um, 
it's a song called Donald Trump. It was before Donald Trump was uh, president, and it was just when he was seen as like a rich guy. Um, oh, also in interviews, Sufjan calls Donald Trump Donald Duck, and I think that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ever since Donald Duck became president. I like Sufjan's sense of humor there. It's good. All right, here we go. Hey. You hear it? Hey, yo, Sap, what's good, bro? This yeah. man's kind of high. Interesting? <laughs> yeah. Hey, cool. yo, the flash motherfucker in the room. Yeah, you know it's me. This is one of my run songs. This is on my run playlist. <laughs> Let's wait till the drums kick in. When the drums kick in, that gives me that extra push. Ready? There. Jor, that is Vesuvius. Yeah, that's cool. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's cool. You guys should have seen Justin just rocking out. He's doing his his white guy drum beat. It's awesome. Well, when the beat kicks in and I'm running out on the street, I air drum. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Okay. But yeah, Ves- let's go back to Sufjans. Yeah, it's really cool. And actually, um, I think Kendrick Lamar samples samples all for myself in hood hood politics oh so two rappers uh somehow liked the sounds from age of odds and Mm -hmm. sampled it for their records yeah and now that we're listening to all for myself this is a this might be my favorite track i just love the Uh, do you have any other favorites, Jerry? Um, No, I'll, I'll let you take it from here. I mean, I have mixed feelings about Impossible Soul. I do you? I do like it. I it's. I just it's feel like the middle section. Songs, the middle really. section is just so kind of clunky to me, or something. It starts out with such promise, and then, and again, it's not just because it's long. Maybe, I wonder if that's the impression I give. I don't just hate long songs. It just yeah. There's a lot of memes on the internet about Impossible Soul. Like a lot of people like joke about how long it is. It's also I think it's a favorite that a lot of people have. Mm. I think it's. I like it. I think it's kind of like three or four different songs though. Yeah. And we get um, auto tune Sufjan. Yeah, which is interesting. What do you think about autotune, Sufjan? Here it is. Um, well, I think at the time I thought it was cool. Honestly, I don't think this is aged that well. I think the autotune is like a very over... I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. It's kind of become its own instrument in a way, and I think yeah. it will always be that way. But this kind of autotune... Uh, to me, feels a little dated now. <laughs> yeah, it feels like sure. a little like yeah. This is made in 2010. But when you heard Cher do it for the first time, like I did, I was blown away. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. When she was like, "It takes time to move on," I was like, "What just happened?" Yeah. What was that? Yeah. Our younger listeners will never experience what we experienced with that Cher. Yeah. For hearing she was auto- the first one ever to do it ever yeah hearing autotune for the first time it was crazy yeah it was crazy now kids just download an app and they autotune their farts <laughs> <laughs> how do you know do you, does annabelle do that 
Um, yeah, I've taught her how. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, and then I think Impossible Soul, the, here's the end. This is what um, somebody wrote in saying, it's like the transition back into his folk music. Yeah. And I just think that's interesting. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Impossible Soul. The one meme I'm thinking of is when COVID started, they were always like, wash your hands for as long as row, row, row your boat. And there was this one meme that was like, I wash my hands for as long as Impossible Soul. <laughs> it was just like a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> or just like raw bloody hands from <laughs> yeah that's what it was yeah, yeah it's very funny um okay so my favorite i love all for myself i love i want to be well i think just the vulnerability of it so jordan are there any critiques you want to mention of age of odds um well i mean i don't want to get this is so subjective obviously it's all so subjective but uh I personally don't really love a lot of the actual sounds. I like that yeah. uh, Sufjan spent time experimenting, and it definitely seems unique. And when I hear it, I know it's Age of Odds right away, which is cool. But I just don't really love a lot of the sounds. I just find them kind of like farty and goofy a lot of the time. They don't feel smooth. They feel. I think I have a prime example is for me, it's hard for me to get into bad communication. Mm. Um, bec- for that exact reason, it reminds me of like Willy Wonka. Yeah. And I hate Willy Wonka. <laughs> I really do. Really? I didn't, I didn't know, I don't know if anyone else in the world exists who feels so passionately about Willy Wonka. I think, and that, I think that movie scarred me. I watched it when I was too young. And they go through that tunnel, and there's snakes crawling across people's faces. Do you? I don't think people realize how messed up kids' movies were that our yeah. parents would play for us. Yeah, or like the girl turning into a, a blueberry, and it was kind of like, okay, that's fine, that's funny. But then they're like, just roll her away, and someone's gonna go eat her. Yeah, <laughs> like, I hate that. Her movie. life is over. I hate it. <laughs> and so my only critique is that some of the sounds remind me of Willy Wonka, and um. They're not warm sounds. Like yeah. they are very they're very cold. They feel like they feel like a futuristic cold landscape. Yeah, which is probably what he was going for. Again, which is what dark. he was going yeah. for. Yeah. Um you know it's interesting with producers that I talk to as I've been producing more, one of the things that everybody laughs about the most is when people call talk about music as warm. <laughs> What about cold? Because everybody uses that word, but yeah. everybody has a different definition of what it means. Yeah. So it's like, like I have one producer friend who's like, he was working with somebody and she's like, I, this needs to be warmer. And he'd be like, oh, what are you? Like, he's like, this is warm. Like in every way that I imagine warm, but it turns out what she thought warm was, was like, if you can hear like all the high end and all the whispers in someone's voice, like all the air and stuff to her, that was warm. Oh. Um anyway, that's this isn't me. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just that just reminded me of this kind of joke we always have going. It's like we'll be like, <laughs> what does warm. this need? And we'll be like, it needs to be warmer. But <laughs> you know, like nobody knows actually what that even means, you know? Anyway. <laughs> 
Okay, so what about this? Where does it fall kind of in your rankings of Sufjan albums? Hmm, good question. Um, here's the thing. It's like Sufjan Stevens is a... It's, you know, other artists are ponds or rivers. Sufjan's, Sufjan is an ocean. Yeah. There's so much to kind of discover. And like looking right now on... Like how many albums is this on facebook or uh, sorry on on itunes like he has like dozens of records and i so i don't there's a lot that i just don't know I'm, i'm not i'm not such an avid fan i will be fully transparent with the fact that i am not such an avid fan that i am you know every time something new comes out i am like just devouring it consuming it and figuring it out you know like right um i wait till something grabs me um that being said of the Sufjan records that I have engaged with, I'd say this is probably in probably my top, uh, maybe five, top five, like maybe fifth. Interesting. Yeah, it it's certainly in the top 10. But, um, you know, when I, I, I don't return to it as often as other Sufjan records, mm-hmm. um, but I love it. And I, I do love it, and I appreciate it, and I think the songs still surprise me at how good they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just for those cold sounds, I guess, I'm not always in the mood for that. Yeah, and again... I want it to be warm. It's like, it's cognitive dissonance. So it's not yeah. like... And we've talked about this before, too. The more The older I get, the more I just want to kind of, like, feel at peace. The more I want, like, coffee-making music, you know? Just, like... In the yeah. morning, sun's streaming in, I'm drinking coffee, and I'm quietly just like get mentally preparing for the day. That's the kind of music I like. And so mm-hmm. I don't often think like, I want to engage with cognitive dissonance. I want to engage with chaos and yeah, unwellness, right. you know? Like, um, that's, like, that being said, I think this record does that beautifully, amazingly. I just don't yeah. often want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I think if I want to feel sad, I'll go for Carrie and Lowell before I'll do Age of Odds. Yeah. But I do yeah. think that, like, this is the kind of record, like, someone will put on. I have a, a lot of people in my band or who, who will play with me sometimes are a lot more adventurous than me. And we'll just put something like this on. I'll be, like, thoroughly enjoy myself, you know? Like, be like, yeah. oh, this is such a great record, and I'm so happy that that I'm listening to this right now. I guess it's just not something I think of often where I'm like, you know what I need? I need some like 2010 blippity bloop. Like I have a nerve disorder music. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And this is Nathan Mose's favorite Sufjan album. And I think it's a lot of people's favorite. Yeah. My friend Taylor. That's just our opinion. Yeah. Well, George, that's age of odds. We did it. Yeah, we did it. I knew this was going to be a big one. Yeah. And we did it. Yeah. Um, what are we doing next? Well, isn't it a surprise? Oh, yeah. So we might have a surprise episode coming up next. Um, it may or not, may not be a collab with another podcast. Um, we'll keep you posted. But, I, I mean, as far as the not, non, non, you know, special, I'm looking here, and I guess we're it's Carrie and Lowell next. Carrie and Lowell is next. Wow. I, Can you believe I, it? We're getting close to the end. I can't believe that he spent, he took like five years off, really. Yeah. 
Like there's not there's really not much between um Age of Odds and Carrie and Lowell. Yeah. Wow. And but man, Carrie and Lowell, wasn't that an incredible release? I can't wait to talk about that one. Yeah. It's so good. That's a good one. And uh Sufjan, I mean at the time of recording this, Sufjan just released his first Meditations, which is a five volume part of a five volume instrumental. Mm-hmm. Um, mourning the death of his father, which I've been listening to and is really, really good. Mm. Cool. Yeah. So he just added more podcast episodes, Jor. Thank you, Daddy Soup. <laughs> Daddy Soup. You just made our podcast longer. <laughs> are, that, are they all instrumentals? Yeah. Yeah. So it's all instrumental music. Yeah. So that's going to be a heck of a conversation. yeah five volumes well thanks everybody for listening and uh please send us your thoughts your feedback um send us what we missed at tw hold on what is it that was the worst twpe at gmail.com it's that was the worst podcast ever at gmail.com it'll be in the description and if you like this podcast subscribe and like and recommend to your pals. I don't think you can like podcasts. We say subscribe and like like we're on YouTube. Oh, what am I to lose? We don't even know what we're doing. I know. So subscri- but I do don't subscribe. Know, leave a review. Give us some stars. Here's the thing, actually. You think, you know, uh, and we honestly just like to ha- sh- shoot the shit together here. But it, it actually does really help if you do subscribe. Um, it... it uh, it um, stimulates the algorithms, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> Please stimulate our algorithms, people. They're just sitting there unstimulated. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. All right, well, th- um, I don't know. Can you hear the... I'm in my basement, and every time somebody flushes a toilet, it's like a waterfall. Do you hear it? Oh, no, I don't hear it. I do hear this kind of bassy rumble, and I was wondering if it's like... In here, or if it's there? I think it's just somebody's, like, taking a bath. Hey, stop flushing the toilets up there. Your dad's recording a Sufjan podcast. (laughs) There's nothing like my nine-year-old being like, how was your podcast recording, Dad? It just makes me feel like an idiot. Aw, why? Because it's like, your dumb dad is in the basement for, like, three hours talking about Sufjan Stevens online with a friend. Yeah, and she's weird. just like, she's up there like playing alone. Like, I wish I had someone to play with. <laughs> <laughs> I wish my dad would come play with me. He's recording a podcast. <laughs> Flash forward 10 years in the future, counselor. It's like, was your dad present? Like, uh, he was recording a lot of Sufjan Stevens podcasts when I was a kid. And then she's triggered by like Casimir Pulaski day she's like never <laughs> don't play that ever I never want to hear that again yeah uh, well everyone thanks for being along this journey with us yeah and as always the dress, the dress looks, looks nice, nice on, on you, you. <laughs> nice <laughs> alright okay, see ya, bye. everybody bye bye Boy.